And of course, then the kids become the teachers because they're better at playing than adults. Dizwins Radio, episode 720, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, let you know that as uh, you know, as this episode comes out on the first of May, if you're looking ahead to your fall race plans, trying to make some fall race plans, maybe, uh, maybe you're not one of those runners that you know plans out every race you're going to run for the next four years in advance and uh, always always knows what's coming up in the next few months. Maybe you're a bit more like me. And you're like, gosh, you know. Got nothing on the calendar. Might want to might want to get something on the calendar at some point before you know 2019 rolls into 2020. So if you're looking for some fall races, I definitely have some thoughts on uh, some different races that I was at last year. Uh, Labor Day weekend, the Pocatello Marathon in Pocatello, Idaho, is a very good one. Lots of downhill, especially the first the first half of the full marathon. The uh, the second half and then the half marathon, which starts at the halfway point of the full. It's actually fairly flat. There's a couple of rollers in there, but uh, nothing too crazy there. So uh, great weather, beautiful part of the country, especially if you're not from that that part of the country. It might be something you want to look at. So you can find out more information on that one, on that race at thepocatellomarathon.com. Uh, you can also go back through the archives. Sorry, I don't have the show, show number handy right off the bat. Probably should do that, right? But uh, you can go back and find my um, review of the race and not, not of my race, but of the race in general. So you can get some honest thoughts on the Pocatello marathon. You can also go through the archives and find more information on the Prairie fire marathon, the seven bridges marathon, two other marathons that I was at last year, 2018, uh, and definitely recommend both of those races as well. Last but not least, if you're interested on maybe joining me at a race, I will be in North Carolina for the cannonball marathon. I believe that's in Greensboro though. Don't hold me completely to that. Uh, but I will be there in October of 2019. So if you want to check that one out, uh, the Cannonball Marathon, part of the Junction 311 group, their their consortium of all the races that they have, uh, and a group that I uh, really enjoy being a part of some of their races. Uh, so check that one out if you're interested. I believe CannonballMarathon.com. Um, but uh, you know, if if you if you're going to be there, certainly let me know. Uh, but hopefully you've got some cool races on the on the calendar this fall. Uh, but if not, those are some great options. Pocatello, Prairie Fire, Seven Bridges, and uh, I can't speak on Cannonball just yet, but I'm going to be there, so I would love to have you join me. Uh, But now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone that uh, definitely sees running as the foundation for so many good things in our life. Uh, I think a lot of us can probably uh, agree with that. Uh, for him, uh, in, in his point of view, and I think I, I share it as well, uh, from an individual level to all the way out to the entire community, maybe maybe even out to the uh, the entire world, running can really be that that foundation of great health and and just you know everything that can kind of build from being healthy uh, as as a person and as a people. Uh, he's the co- the coordinator, or he's one of the coordinators with the Native Health Initiative, and he's also the director of Running Medicine. And uh, it's uh, definitely a pleasure today to be able to welcome Dr. Anthony Flegg to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Anthony. Really appreciate it, and certainly looking forward to uh, having a little chat today. 
Danny, I'm excited to to be on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, guys, if you, if you want to find out more about uh, Anthony, some of the stuff he's got going on, especially with, with Running Medicine, uh, runningmedicine.org is the website. All kinds of information there. There's a, there's a 2019 uh, report there, PDF download that you can get as well, which is really pretty interesting. I was, I was looking through it this morning and, and a, lot of, a lot of cool insight information into both the organization and what, he's, what, what they've got going on, um, as well as just, you know, just some good information uh, just about running and health and all that kind of stuff as well. So check that out, runningmedicine.org. No social media to connect with Anthony on, but uh, if you head over to disruns.com slash 720, uh, well, just like always, we'll have all the links to, to the website, um, to you know some, some photos, and just anything else that we talk about today that makes sense to, to link to, we'll have it all linked up there, disruns.com slash 720. So Anthony, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a very simple question. That uh, for some folks it can be pretty easy to answer, and some people it's a little bit more of a of a head scratcher just because there's so many options out there. But uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race, and why? Danny, I wouldn't be a groupie of your podcast if you didn't ask that question of every guest. That's an <laughs> awesome, awesome way to, to to separate the real runners, you know, from the the pretenders. Um, for me, it's I I, I thought about this. Um, ahead of time and used to be the 8k I had a specific affinity for for 8ks I just raced them well and um, but cringed when I heard the word 10k but now you know as I've progressed in running and um, entered into the master's running category I'm gonna have to go with the 50k Um, and in part because the the 50k forces a busy person like me to just get out and and have some of the most beautiful training runs that I could ever have because I have the excuse of you know I have to go escape for three hours in in mountainous kind of terrain because otherwise um, I'm not going to be in shape for the race so I feel like by the time you get to the starting line of a 50k you've already gotten you know 90% of the reward is just the the training runs but then the, the races themselves are are you know, in the ones I've run, just spectacular in their their scenery and a, a very different kind of running than what I've done for most of my life. Track and road races that are a little feed a little a little more the type A in you, but mm-hmm. not necessarily the the spiritual and the aesthetic beauty. So, yeah, definitely, I've I've um, been been sort of in the last uh, few years dipping my toes into you know a bit more trail running and and uh, dabbling in a couple of ultras. I've I've got a couple of fifty k's under my belt and and yeah, it is it is such a, a different world than than being on the roads. I, I didn't I never really ran track or anything like that, so I can't quite speak to to that side of things. But but yeah, just being out there and, and like you said, the the aesthetics, the spiritual side of being out on the trail, being out in, in nature is really um, something that. Uh, I, I, I maybe don't make it as much of a priority as I should just for convenience factor. Sometimes it's easier to just go out the door and, and run. But boy, anytime I have a chance yeah. to get to the trails, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I, I don't take for granted. And I, I, I aspire to make it more of a priority, you know, every, every, t- every chance, chance that I get, excuse me. Nice. So, uh, Anthony, how'd you get, uh, how'd you get started with running? Like you mentioned, uh, you know, 8k, that's, that's typically, uh, 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 something of like maybe cross country, something like that. I know that, that some of the cross country high school runs, runs that you mentioned, uh, track and, and road racing of, of earlier days. Has running always kind of been a part of your life? Um, good question, Danny. I, I never ran, you know, in competitive youth settings. Um, I showed up at my freshman year, cross-country team with basketball shoes on and you know I, I, I like to 
kind of remember back to humble beginnings. Um, I, I convinced my parents eventually to get me a pair of running shoes during that year where I started to, to really find a love for running and, and find that I was pretty good at it. And um, by the end of the track season, my um, so now like three seasons into the year, my, my parents were still kind of not sure that they wanted to spend money on, on running for me. So <laughs> I had baseball cards that would cover the holes in my shoe, literally like you could, the ground was in contact with my foot mm. because there were, there were, I, had, I had literally run through the shoes. There were holes in them. And so I had baseball cards as a, as a kid that collected baseball cards to protect my, my feet from the ground. So very humble beginnings. Not, wasn't a star runner, was decent at it. Went on to run at Haverford College, which is in Philadelphia area, very um, well-known Division Three program. And my coach in that Division Three program, I think, you know, has a a good big influence on on my thoughts about running. His name's Tom Donnelly, and he, you know, he would take guys on a college team that you know hadn't broken five minutes in the mile in, in high school, and they were just as important on the team the way he saw it as the ones that were winning, you know, all American status. And, and so the ability to have competition and competitiveness not be at the kind of at odds with inclusivity, I think was, you know, a real big thing I got from um, my college days and in, in an environment where, you know, academics first, athletics second, and in division three have um, just continued to use running through my medical training and, and, you know, points I would have, answer that with it's just right now what's keeping me sane what's mm -hmm. keeping me alive what's keeping me on many levels in a, in a somewhat state of health um coached one of, one of my fun stories from from medical school down in uh, chapel hill north carolina is you know about 455 i I'd, I'd be in the dissection lab you know smelling like formaldehyde i'd rip off my dissection clothes put on running clothes run to the undergrad side of campus and I coached um, a, a very well-formed club uh, track and cross-country team and it was just my release was not only um, the run itself that I would do with them but just being able to give back to um, you know others through running has I think always been something that um, has kept me well just in a very selfish way at the, I think I think you can have selfish motives and they can still be still do you know, good for the world. I was coaching 80 undergrads who could care less what my med school stresses were. And probably the most important thing, Danny, is they, they weren't med students. They were, they were mm. people that were a little less stressed that I got to hang out with for about an hour and a half and running was the excuse to do it. Yeah. And I'm sure that that helps to, to diffuse things a little bit, clear the mind and, and uh, keep you, like you said, to almost keep you sane, but, but uh, keep you doing stuff for others. I, I love that idea of you know, you can, you can have a selfish reason for doing something, but still have it be, you know, it can still be altruistic. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be just, you know, all giving of yourself. Like you can, you can get something from it as well and still, still, uh, benefit the, the greater good. Um, you know, going back to, to the very beginning, what, what was, you know, what was the, uh, the, the impetus to go out for the, the cross country team, um, back with, with the basketball shorts and the basketball shoes on. I, I mean, I, I, I can remember back to, to my, my high school days and the last thing I would have ever wanted to do was, was go out for, for cross country. So what was, you know, uh, what, what led you down that path that got you started that, that got us to where we are today? Uh, well, that's almost 30 years ago. So I have to really, 
really dig deep on this one, but I, I would say I was decent running whenever we do the the mile run in, in school. And I, I did, yeah, I think your, your, your point is an interesting one. I think there are people very early in life that, you know, have a simple fork in the road. You either fall in love with mm-hmm. the idea of running and how that feels in your body, or you say, this is the worst thing possible. I'll only do it when my lacrosse coach or soccer coach makes me do it, but I will never mm-hmm. want to do it in by by voluntary means. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but again, I, I think some of my, my enjoyment of it came from that I wasn't pushed, mm-hmm. um, you know, too early, too fast, too competitively. And I, I also was never too good at it, that running for some, I think, immediately gets associated with, oh, it's the thing that everyone tells me I'm the best in the race and I'm the best, you know, person out there. And so when they get to a level of competition, invariably that they're not the best anymore and they don't have an inherent kind of, I love this just for what it makes me feel, you know, what, what it makes me feel like I don't need external kind of gratification. And so I've tried to kind of in my coaching and in my, in our running medicine, really, um, you know, take hold of some of those ideas. Um, for instance, as a coach, I can, I can find ways and we can find ways in the communities we create with running to reward effort and reward teamwork. Um, I'll tell a quick story just, um, thinking about it. So there was, there was a running medicine. We had a, a, a wonderful little girl who had stopped to um, stay with one of her friends who had shown up to run that day. She was like the first time that she was running. And we get back, um, it was a two mile course, so not a not a real easy thing for a little seven to eight year old who's coming out for the first time. We get back and the father um, is, is, you know, well-intentioned, but is scolding his daughter for not going fast and mm-hmm. not, not, you know, um, taking this seriously in his mind. What I did, I didn't say anything. I, I just heard it. I listened. I obviously said, this isn't what I believe about the beauty of what we're doing here. And so at the end of that running medicine, I said, you know, I want to recognize one person today. And I recognized her for the exact reason that she was being um, yelled at by the parent. I said, what a, what a great thing, even though she was faster, that she didn't let her friend um goes she wanted to do this as a team she was there to motivate her friend and so you know it's a very simple way to to say that um no i think in in our circle in our community that we're trying to create running as a very communal thing and the value of teamwork bigger than the value of always trying to hit the finish line first right right when did um that's that's a that's a beautiful story and, and a lesson that i think maybe all of us can uh uh, maybe you know something to take from that uh, in one form or another. As far as you know, it's it's not always about the finish line time, it, 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 and and it can be. And there's nothing wrong with trying to push yourself, run fast when it's when 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 you want to, when it's appropriate on race day, whatever. Um, but there's also something to be said with with supporting those that are new to the sport or that that aren't um, as fast as you are or, or don't run as far as you are. And, and, you know, not, it, it, you don't always have to go, uh, as far and as fast. And, and I, I, I don't know, my, my head's spinning a little bit with that story, but I think that was a, a great story. I just wanted to, to point that out. But, um, talking about running medicine in, in general and, and the organization, when, when did that, uh, 
come about after you know i'm assuming you finished finished med school up and and uh kind of maybe got the, the itch for coaching a little bit from from working with the undergrads at, at chapel hill um w- you know where where did yeah. how did that progress into into what you have today with the running medicine program so way back in i actually dug this out of my archives in 2006 while a med student i actually i I guess the the idea of running as medicine, for me as a, a, a um, family medicine doctor, you know, but even as a medical student, just it, it the idea was already there, and so I actually found the um, I I'd advertised like a personal one-on-one coaching that I called running medicine. Um, I had at that point started to work with Native American communities, and so the medicine had had the connotation of like a replacement for pills and things you'd get at the pharmacy, but it also had a connotation um, from Native American traditions that in different ways see running as a very spiritual and uh, ceremonial, medicinal in a different way, um, uh, form of movement and, and, and being. So um, skip to about 10 years later, I'm a doc who, you know, just act every single patient comes in and is told that uh, exercise and, and healthy diet are the two medicines I prescribe the most and you know found lots of other ways um, through coaching youth and coaching Special Olympics to get involved but you know uh, Danny at the end of it I was still pretty frustrated in that I just didn't feel like I'd found my niche um, where am I going to actually really use what what I know about the beauty of of movement, um, you know, more inclusively even than running, because definitely a lot of my my patients, you know, wish they could run, but mm-hmm. for them, a, a slow walk with a cane might be really what we're we're talking about. And um, I would call it a, a spiritual vision that just I was I was exercising at the time, which I think is for all of us who are all who are listening and and all of us who run it's a very common thing that you're some of your most creative and and even beyond creativity just things that you can't explain where that comes from happen when we're moving they don't happen sitting in a car or watching a a movie and so the vision was just suddenly there december 8th 2015 um that boom i i see like exactly what i need to i need to create and it involved kids from you know, age one to 101 playing together and, and really ultimately like the sacredness of just play um, and and running not for the sake of race times and aerobic fitness, but just playing. And of course, then the kids become the teachers because they're better at playing than adults. But a an intergenerational, um, you know, group that is walkers, runners, all speeds, some competitive aspect, not for going that, but also again, not at the expense of um, people that are just getting off the couch that we could get into it. And of course, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but our, our Native American communities um, struggle with um, higher rates of, of many chronic diseases. They live sicker, they die younger. And so, really focusing because my work with the Native Health Initiative was already focused on creating stronger, more resilient, healthier Native communities. Um, boom, it was there. And I think the, the, uh, the really scary part when you get that kind of vision, Denny, is then sharing it. And, and I remember that evening sharing it with my family and not sure if they're going to shoot it down or in essence, I was kind of saying, this is what we're going to do. 
you know, no planning meetings, no board meetings, Starbucks meetings. It was just the, the visions there. And sometimes our, you know, best things in life don't, don't have a very methodical kind of way that they come to be. They're just suddenly there. And, you know, my choice is to either kind of pretend it never happened and I didn't see it or to say, no, I saw it really clearly. I just need to trust that this is probably the answer for my, my frustration around not feeling like I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to do through, through sport, through running. Gotcha. That's, that's, uh, yeah, those, those visions, those, those, uh, ideas when they come and uh, i i kind of have the uh, i operate under the uh i don't know the, the impression isn't quite the right word but uh the the idea that you know i'll get all these ideas and then it kind of let them stew for uh, you know a week or two and if i can't get it out of my head then it's probably worth pursuing but if it if it uh if the next day i've, I've pretty much completely forgotten about it then it's a pretty good sign that like oh it was it was a cool idea but you know it, it, it didn't have that, that staying power that you need to get something off the ground. So, you know, as much as, as you, you, you know, like you said, you, you have this, this idea, this vision of, of ways that, um, you know, you could really make a difference with, with your patients and with, with some of the you know, people in the Native American community. Um, you, you, you talk about it with your family. You, you get going. You know, keep moving forward with the, with the process. How, how um, receptive were were the folks that you were trying to reach? I mean, was it something that that picked up speed pretty quickly? Was it was it a bit of a struggle to get going? How did it, how did it get to get it off the ground, for lack of a better way of saying it? Um, yeah, how how did how did the race start? Or I'm trying to think of some <laughs> fun running analogy here. Well, Denny, you know, it's now been three and a half years, and I would say this: I don't think I felt um, a single bit of resistance to the idea of running medicine since, you know, since it was there in December, 2015, it's, it's just been one of those kind of rare journeys in life where I guess in, in a deeper level, other people said, we're, we're in essence saying, yeah, we really want something like this in our lives. Forget again, just the, the altruistic selfishness, um, not for anyone else, but I just, I want this to be part of my kids' life and my life, and a lot of the people that I initially um, spoke with, you know, were very much more kind of road race and, and competitive runner and high school coach kind of folks. We sat in my living room about a month later. The planning meeting was basically, look, here's here's roughly my my vision for running medicine, and I'd like you to help me um, create this and show up, and let's let's decide what we kind of want want this to look like. So I make it, um, and I always believe that when you, when you create something, there's such a power in creating it collectively. I mean, I could have sat and written a 10 page treatise on what it was going to be. And then no one would have felt empowered or included to be co-creators of it. Um, we, we, in that room, um, January, 2016, just really, even though the most of the room were very accomplished competitive runners, it really did come to the beauty of the sport and around specifically how do we how do we make it um, enjoyable, playful, um, keep the sacred and cultural elements of native traditions in what we're going to do, but make it very inclusive to anyone that wants to show up. And two months later, March 2016, we said, okay, we're. We're, we're, we're doing this. 70 people showed up on wow. opening day, which, um, yeah, I, I always go back to like that 
moment in that picture that again there just didn't there never seemed to really be pushback or resistance um it, it was just something that i guess i would say collectively was ready to be birthed it was less important who who decided to birth it it was just that people's people saw from different angles again over competitive youth teams and i want something that's gets my kid into running but isn't burning them out by the age of 10 um, or someone else who really was non-native and wanted was was very excited to learn more about how running could be something deeper than just what my Fitbit or you know my my step tracker tells me it is. Um, and so yeah, 20, 2016 we started um, small groups of twenty to thirty. That that suddenly by the end of twenty sixteen was you know eighty to ninety people running and walking together, no adults on the side, you know, texting or in their cars, everyone walking and running. And again, we just we just made it very clear that this wasn't a youth team. This was families exercising together. And it kind of quickly became like the culture that you were looked at strange if you didn't get up and move with your, your kids and your grandkids, because some of our families have three or four generations out there moving at very different speeds, but all moving uh, together. So. Wow, that's that's pretty awesome, and and yeah, I, I love that um, idea of you know like it's it, you know it, like you said no no parents standing on the sidelines like talking amongst themselves or or messing on their phones like you get out there and 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 do it with with your kids and 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 the relationships and the 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 strength of that, that builds. So in the in the three plus years that it's been now, almost three and a half years at this point, um, I don't know if that's enough of a of a sample size yet, but I'm I'm curious to 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 know if there's been you know, have you seen some results? Like, what or what results have you seen coming out of out of this this vision that you had a few years ago, and 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 giving birth to it and starting it to grow? What what uh, what has been the impact of the people in your communities? Um, great question, kind of a hard question for me to 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 answer real succinctly, but I'll I'll try. Um, I would say we're about mind, body, and spirit wellness. So some of that you, you can't measure as easily as, um, you know, just the body part, which is, are people losing weight? Are people, um, you know, finding that it, it's making them just a, a, in better physical health. People, some of my health colleagues, you know, as a, um, I'm on faculty at the University of New Mexico. And so I, I run in circles, literally, <clears throat> figuratively, um, of health people and they say, oh, you know, Anthony, is this a, a health, uh, is this a disease prevention program is kind of often what I'll get asked and they're expecting like, yeah, it's, you know, this is specifically to, to erase diabetes from, I say, no, 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 it's, it's a life promotion program. Like what, what we do in running medicine is really try to give people a complete escape that is, is just a vision of what their health could be. And one elder recently said, you know, I feel healthier just showing up for running medicine. I already feel healthy. I haven't even moved yet. And I, I feel it. Um, so you be greeted by an opening circle. Someone might share a traditional song with a flute or with voice or with drum, or someone might just share a, a kind of an inspiration for the day, something that they've, um, you know, experienced in the recent weeks of their body mind, spirit, kind of improvements. Um, the group goes out, high fives everyone 
on the course of a 30 to 40 minute run walk, um, all different speeds, elders, kids, the kids are, are, have their own youth coaches. So it really frees the adults to maybe have the only time of the day that's truly for them. They're not there babysitting. Um, and then comes back with, with a closing that's very similarly communal. And we actually close a circle, Denny, it's kind of hard to describe it, but it's the way you would close a ceremony. And in essence, um, one person turns to the left, shakes the person next to their hand, and then the circle, um, every single person shakes every other person's hands. And when you have 120 people coming out, you know, it, it gets, it gets fun and, and, and a bit like, wow, I, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a long closing, but every single time we do that and we, we talk about how, you know, we didn't, we didn't out here today just sweat for ourselves or by ourselves. We did it with the energy of brothers and sisters that, you know, were giving their, their medicine, their energy to, um, you know, make what you received happen. So, um, we've started some running medicine groups in different native American communities where we have five groups total right now. Um, to give your listeners just an idea, we have about 450 people signed up just for the Albuquerque group here in the spring season. So a huge, a huge group that, um, you know, I think just to have testimonials that range from running medicine helped me get through a death in my family. It was a thing that was keeping me um, above water. Running medicine has helped me, yes, maybe beat diabetes or lose 50 pounds. Definitely there's people who every season, Denny, get get smaller shirt sizes. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're, we are going to measure a little bit more with, a, a you know, some studies. But at this point, we've just kind of enjoyed the ride and and the people that keep coming back and coming back with their neighbors and their friends now, I think is, is pretty much telling us that we're on to something and, um, you know, keeping it really low cost is also, um, important. You mentioned our 2018 report and I, I would definitely point people to that. There's not many running and fitness programs that have 160 plus partners in the course of the year. And I know I left some out, but, um, you know, we, we charge people $15 a season. They get about $300 out of their 15 bucks, which you don't have to be a stockbroker to know that's a pretty good return on investment. Right. You can't do, you can't do that as just a, um, a program that says, Hey, look how great we are. You have to do it with a, we mentality. Look, look what we collectively can create. And then people are coming out of the woodworks from shoe stores to businesses, to nonprofits, to, health organizations. How can we help? How, we want to be a part of this. We don't want to miss out as opposed to, oh, okay, you, you stay over there with your, your kind of ego. We're, we're not real interested in, in being a part of it. It's, it's, it sounds like you're building something that uh, is, is A, incredible, B, making a, a huge impact, and uh, C, almost sounds like it's not, not too long before the, the whole running medicine is really going to take on, if it hasn't already, take on really a life of its own um, and just continue to to grow and impact, which is, which is fantastic. And, and obviously, uh, your vision is, is coming, coming true. So, uh, congratulations on, on all the work so far and, and, uh, all the things that, um, you know, will, will continue to come from it in the future. So as we're getting, uh, getting close to, to wrapping up here today, Anthony, um, I, I like to end with, with something I call a philosophical question, which is kind of just similar to like the introductory question, something fairly open-ended. Um, typically, it doesn't have a whole lot related to, to anything particular that we talked about today, although I think I'm going to veer off the, the normal script just a little bit today. Um, 
and 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 mm. see if you can maybe offer just a little bit of advice to to anyone who is is maybe in a situation where um, and I know that there's a lot of folks that listen to the show that are in this situation to where you know they don't really have as much of that community feeling you know maybe they they're they're one of the few runners in town they don't have that kind of community side of things like like what you're you're clearly trying to build with running medicine like what a lot of us are fortunate enough to have in a good running community friends that we run with things like that so um for somebody that's maybe looking that's hearing this and is thinking wow this would be awesome i would love to do something like this in my community maybe start with just in my family whatever the case might be um you know, obviously, you're not that far removed from from getting this thing up and, and off off. Uh, you know, get, getting the, the thing started. Um, how would somebody go about, or what would be your advice, or one or two things to to keep in mind if somebody is trying to go about creating exactly what you've done, creating something that's bigger than themselves, that that serves more than just the, their individual needs, but really create some of that community, that that mind, body, spirit kind of connection. Um, I know that's a, that's a loaded question with a lot of of options and a lot of ways to go mm-hmm. but are there one or two things that you would really stress like hey you know whatever whatever those things might be that you would stress i'll, I'll leave it very open-ended and you can take it whichever way you want to go and that's where we'll wrap up for today that's a hard but wonderfully thought out question yes yeah, i think it's perfect perfect way to end this this great little conversation um i think the the recipe for me would look something like this. Um, number one, make sure that, that you are taking care of your own self. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get a thought that I want to this, but you, on the other hand, haven't run in six months cause your job's stressing you. Nah, so it's your own wellness is central to the growth of something that gives other people a vision of, what their wellness could look like. And so if you're, if you're not in a place just very practically and concretely where, and I don't mean necessarily injury, but more just that you beyond running, you know, your, your, your plates already too full. Um, other ways, other signs that, you know, you just don't see that it's a good time for you to even delve into something that could become as it is for me, like a 30 hour a week on top of, being a father and a full-time, you know, employee, I don't, I don't get paid at all for the, the running medicine is, is my joy work outside of the work hours. So definitely, um, a, a first thought is just much more about, is this something that you're ready to take on? Um, secondly, I think would be the, the we mentality that I spoke about a few minutes ago, just thinking at every step of the way from the initial, idea of how you can bring other people in. And I really believe that people, passionate people are far more important than, than money. We have never in the life of running medicine, I kid you not, in the leaders meetings that we have, we have never brought up money. Three and a half years, a thriving program that has a budget of, you know, 30 or 40,000 a year. Money is never what we talk about. We talk about um, the things that are that are the the beautiful, inclusive, because um, because money's not going to bring us together and it's not going to create wellness. It, it's something I and other who behind the scene can you know raise money. That's great, but it's never the focus of like what our leadership is about. So inclusivity in in all ways. Think about, for instance, the simple things that um, you know if you're a runner that would 
turn away a walker or turn away someone who thinks of runners as tight shorts and really fast and never the type of people that I could go out with and figure out how, for instance, from your coaches, your coaches can't be six competitive, you know, post-collegiate runners if you're trying to attract all segments of the Lakeland, Florida, you know, community that you're going to get competitive runners and then everyone else is going to feel really intimidated. So pick people that are walkers and pick people that are, you know, barely starting out their fitness journey, but their gift is that they're great at, you know, doing team games and building a sense of inclusiveness. And that's why they're on the team. Um, and then I think my third thing would just be to um, recognize that all of our communities, including the running communities, within those communities have a lot of gifts and a lot of strengths. And so I would immediately tap into the, the what's already there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to create something. In fact, it's been a real important part of our journey is honoring when we're doing something that's even similar to something that already exists. We're really careful and really um, um, very intentional about honoring the fact that, you know, you've been doing this for 30 years and we'd love to learn from you partner with you but we sure as heck don't want to make you think that we're trying to one-up you and mm -hmm. and and you know overcome what you're doing so really really trying to see what's there that you think are the immediate places people organizations running groups schools um, health organizations think out of the box so i think really like bigger than just running universities and and things that you might not have ever connected and um Bring, bring some good people to the table. Don't worry about money at the beginning because it'll distract you from the people building that you need to do. And then let, let the vision kind of grow as the people around the table beyond you do it. So you, it never, um, this would never have worked if I had thought of this as a one person vision and a one person organization. I have about 25 leaders every season, just in the Albuquerque group that make it all happen of all different ages and speeds, walkers, runners, and they all bring a creativity and a different angle that, you know, I, I can't alone see. And that's just a really important part of building um, inclusive communities. So great question. Oh, well, thank you. I, and, and a very great answer. So, um, I, I, I love it. And, uh, I, I hope, I hope to hear somewhere down the line that somebody has, has taken some of that advice and really kind of built up, um, you know, whether it gets to be as big as what you have and what will, will continue to grow to, or whether it's just something that changes the f a family and you change a family that changes the community right there in and of itself. So, uh, thank you for, for sharing that Anthony. And, and once again, guys, if you want to find out more about running medicine, kind of see some of the stuff that they're doing, I'm sure you can probably uh, reach out to Anthony as well. And he'll be happy to, to answer any questions, but runningmedicine.org is the website. You can get that, that report from 2018 full of all kinds of good information that can help you get going as well, or just inspire you to take action for yourself, whatever, whatever you need there, runningmedicine.org, disruns.com slash 720 is the link that'll take you back to the show notes for today's episode. So uh, thank you, Anthony, for, for taking the time today. Thanks for, for sharing what, what you're doing. Um, and thanks for, for making a difference in, in the Native American community, but also in, in our American community, in our, in our world, um, because that's, uh, you know, I, I, I just love that that's what's, what's happening. And I can't wait to see how this continues to grow and continues to, to take off and continue to impact generations to come. So thanks for the time. Thanks for all you're doing. And if there's anything we can ever do to help you out along the way, please, please let me know. We'll be happy to do it. All right. Denny, I appreciate it. And listen, when you or any of the Diz Runs followers are in the Southwest, look us up and come out for a run or walk. And, um, 
I just want to add that, as Denny mentioned, I'm very, we are very much open to being a, a consultant for anyone that does have some specific questions that this conversation may be raised for you. Please, um, as, as he mentioned, use the website, contact us. We will be happy to um, help out. And lastly, we always say, as we break from stretching to everyone in, in running medicine, get your medicine today. So I'd say that today to all, all of the Dizrun family, get your medicine out there. Um, on the trails, on the roads, on the track, on the treadmill, wherever you do it, get your medicine today through movement. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Dr. Anthony and myself. And as usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's conversation. What was something that we talked about today that really, that really hit home with you? For me, it was the idea, and, and I'm going to try to, to get the quote right, but I'm probably going to butcher it, but uh, please forgive me. But, but Anthony mentioned at one point that uh, something along the lines of, it's okay to do something that's altruistic, that, you do, that, that you're doing something to help others, even though it's something that is, is making you feel good as well, or even though it's something that, that you know, is, is also beneficial for you. It's not selfish to, to also get something out of helping other people. And that can, that can, you can kind of take that in a variety of different ways, whether it's, you know, setting up a, a program that, that benefits you, but also benefits others like, uh, the run better program, or like Anthony did when he was in med school and was setting up the, uh, the, the running club and, and coaching a bit to just kind of get himself out of the med school mindset for, you know, a, a couple hours here and there. Um, but it can also be, you know, you could also take that kind of in the direction of almost, you know, the, the analogy on the airplane of you have to put your, your, uh, oxygen mask on before you can help others. Meaning that, that at least to me, what that means, what both of those examples mean is that, you know, if, if you're not on some level taking care of yourself, you can't take care of others. So, so the idea of, you know, at least in my mind, the idea of altruism is always just give, 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 give to other people, give, 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 help, help, help. Not that there's anything wrong with that, there's plenty of good to helping others, but it, if you're not also taking care of yourself, if, if you're not filling your cup back up, so if, if all you're doing is giving, but never receiving, eventually you run out to give. So, you know, if, if, if you're helping others in a way that also fills you up, which if I'm honest is, is, I don't know that I've ever thought about it this way, but that's, that's kind of everything that I've got going on in the Diz Runs empire is, is some form of that. You know, I love talking to, to people like Anthony and the, the other guests of the show over the, over the years. I love sharing those conversations with you. Having, having these conversations, building some of these relationships with the guests that I have, that fills me up. But I hope that it also helps you. I hope that it's, it's also something that, that you get benefit from. You know, having the Facebook group, engaging on social media, um, coaching. Obviously, that's, that's my business. That's how I, I, you know, a big part of how I help uh, contribute putting food on the table and the roof over the head, things like that. But I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't some level of personal satisfaction that I get from, from helping my athletes. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't think that that makes it transactional. I think we all feel good when we help others, whether it's, it's, you know, doing a job that you get paid for, whether it's doing something on a volunteer basis, whether it's just, you know, offering a comment to somebody in person or online that helps brighten their day and helps them feel a bit better. 
you know, giving a, a hug, real or virtual. Those things, those things are helping other people. They're they're altruistic, but there's there's something that that benefits us in that transaction as well. And I think that that again, for me, I'll speak only for me. Um, I've kind of viewed that as as being a bad thing, but I don't think that it has to be seen that way. I don't think that it is necessarily something that's that's a negative. I think that it's okay to benefit from helping others. And when, when Anthony said that during our conversation, uh, it just, it just lit me up and kind of hit me a little bit like, yeah, yeah, it is okay. It, it is, it is not a bad thing to, to get something, whether it's, whether it's, again, whether it's a tangible good, a physical good, or just a good feeling from, from giving of yourself. I think that that's, that's an okay thing to, to recognize. And so that was my takeaway. That was my takeaway. What about you? There are a whole host of things in this episode, uh, but what stood out to you from this episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can always shoot me a message, tag me in a post. Anything like that is always always cool to see your your feedback and your takeaways there. You can also uh, shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, Dizruns.com slash 720. And you can leave your thoughts and feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. So uh, with that, before we completely officially pull this one in for Harbor, uh, I guess I guess I'll be the sponsor today, although I kind of already mentioned some races at the beginning, but I'll be the official closing sponsor for today's episode. If you haven't checked out the book yet, if you're, if you're new to the show and have no idea what the heck the book is, uh, I wrote a book uh, just about a year ago now is when it was published. I can't, almost can't believe that it's been that long that the book's been out, but it's, it's called Be Ready on Race Day. And uh, it's it's a really short book, an, an easy read. Um, but but the idea of the book is that it, it gives you all the tools that you need to create your own training plan. Uh, I am very you know if, if you're new, you haven't heard much of the show before. You will find out pretty quickly that I have a a, a, a deep disdain for anything one size fits all, especially when it comes to training plans and and uh, whether it's coaches, books, whatever, selling the idea that if you just do this. You will be be ready uh, to run your 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 goal race and have it just be the same thing that's copy and pasted from one runner to the next. That just assumes that everybody that wants to run a two hour half marathon or a four hour marathon is starting from the same place. To me, that is absolutely ridiculous. I I, I don't believe that for a second. Um, and I think that if we all stop and think about it, none of us would really believe that as well. So while obviously that means that I can't write a book that says, here's what every single person in the world might possibly need or might possibly benefit from in terms of writing, uh, in, in terms of here is the, the best training plan for you and your goals. What I can do and what I did do was write a book that says, here is everything that I do when, when someone hires me, whether it's a one-to-one client, whether it's a, a somebody in the coterie, whether it's somebody who hires me to just write their training plan for, for one race, whether it's the giveaway that I do every month and somebody gets a free training plan. These are the steps that I do in every situation when it comes to creating a training plan for somebody, looking at their life schedule, looking at um, you know what their current level of fitness is, what are their goals, what do we need to do, what are all the things we need to take into account when it comes to putting a plan together. And as much as I could, I tried to, to pull the curtain back and really say, here are the steps that I take. I would recommend you take these steps as well. So, you know, if you're looking for one of those fall races, if you're looking at Pocatello or Cannonball or Seven Bridges or, or Prairie Fire, you're looking for a fall race and, and, you know, it's not quite time to maybe start training yet, but it's, start, it's time to start getting your, uh, your ducks in a row, certainly. Um, if you're not sure what to do, please, for the love of everything holy, don't just go and type in Google marathon or half marathon training plan 
and download the first free thing that pops up because it's, it's garbage, period. I will go out on record as saying whatever free training plan you can download is trash. Don't do that. If you want to hire somebody, hire a coach that's going to create a plan for you, that's great. If that doesn't fit in the budget right now, then, then get the book. Get the book um, and, and create your own plan that's actually custom, that's actually tailored specifically for you and your goals. And uh, there, there might be a couple other books out there, but I think I, I'm biased, admittedly biased. I think the best one is called Be Ready on Race Day. And you can find out more information about the book. Get some free chapters as well to kind of get a feel for what the book is all about and, and kind of what the writing style is at uh, BeReadyOnRaceDay.com. And if you just are like, dude, Diz, that book sounds awesome. You can buy it right now. One click it and it'll be at your doorstep in a day or two. Um, or it'll be on your, your on your device before you close out the Amazon window because it's available uh, uh, in print on Amazon. It's also available on the Kindle. So you can get it right now. Um all you got to do is is decide that you're sick of, of sick and tired of one size fits all. So if you haven't checked out the book yet, be ready on com is the place to be. And uh, spoiler alert, and this is still very early in the process. The next book is uh, is coming is coming. Um, and and y'all know that have been around for a while that the first book took a, a whole lot longer to get from starting writing to getting it finished. Uh, hopefully I've learned a few lessons uh, during that process and that'll make this next process go quite a bit more smoothly. So um, probably ambitious, but looking to have the book out well before the end of 2019. Again, that might be, that might probably is ambitious, but might as well aim high, right? Aim, aim for the sky. Uh, and then if I, if I miss the deadline that I kind of have in my head right now by, uh, you know, a couple of, of months, you know, early 2020 isn't a bad time to release a book either. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. I'm not giving any details yet. Don't ask. Um, but when it's when it's time to start uh, announcing things, you know that I'll let y'all know uh, before I let anybody else know. So uh, just uh, just wanted to drop that little nugget for you. For all of you that stuck around all the way to the end, uh, you, you now know everything, uh, at least everything that I'm, I'm sharing. Uh, about that. So anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for, for sharing. Thanks for telling others about the show. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't get a little bit of something out of this, but I hope that, that uh, what I'm given is much more than what I'm taking. So uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care, guys.